anytime you're blind to an issue, then it's easier to forget about it. But if more people were connected and put that face with the statistic and the idea of healing, that's what makes you passionate about it. We'll start down through here. And... Here at Hope Center Indy, our mission is to impart hope and healing to every heart. We want to be a Christ-centered refuge. It's a volunteer program. When we first started the Hope Center in 2016, I stepped aside from a church that I have been the pastor for 33 years to create the Hope Center. We dream about a place where ladies would be able to put their life back together, begin to find some freedom and hope. We have the privilege of serving women who are over the age of 18. We have three residential programs on campus. When the ladies first come here, we get to assess what their educational needs might be. The one that we began with is for women survivors of trafficking. Another pillar that we have is financial literacy. The other programs are open to women who are overcoming abuse or overcoming addiction or any other life issue. Another class that we have in here is our relational class. For them to be able to trust people again and realize that people are there to encourage them along life's journey, that is what we're really wanting to accomplish. You really are thinking about the foundation that can set them for success after they leave here. Yeah. And all of those aspects. It's amazing. A couple years ago, Todd Jordan with the Canine Detection Group came over and they wanted to know if they could begin to train their dogs here on campus. I was running out of places to train dogs. They need a big place to go and this place is huge train electronic detection canines. They're used in child exploitation cases mostly. The dogs sniff out electronic storage devices such as thumb drives, SD cards, micro SDs. I came over and met with the Hope Center staff and asked if it would be a good place to work the canines and maybe I could set up something there for the dogs to work in. We live to be a blessing and we said we would love for you to come and bring your dogs and be able to begin to train them here on campus got to know Todd. We began to meet some people from OUR and, and through that just began to understand that they really had a heart for this. Todd has just been very vocal and excited about how OUR has used his dogs that he's trained. To just see what OUR is doing, that they're actually rescuing women and children, that's incredible. As Todd began bringing dogs through our campus and began training them here, he realized that the dogs could really brighten people's day. Just seeing that, I thought, you know, this is, this is pretty powerful. As we started thinking about this and what we could do, I talked to the pastor and said, what if we put a puppy inside the Hope Center? It could be a comfort dog for the girls. Then take one of the girls and have her be the puppy raiser. She could get the dog ready before the dog becomes an electronic storage detection canine. So far, what my job is to just give her obedience training to stay. Potty training is a big thing. We're working on it. <laughs> While she's waking up at 3 a.m. sometimes to go outside, it's giving me a purpose. And just thinking of her like going on and doing really great things gives me a lot of encouragement and it makes it worth it. Having her around has been kind of a way of therapy for all the residents. Our hope is that Layla's gonna be kind of the starter, the pilot of the whole program, and that eventually 
the residents here will be able to train the dogs and raise them as puppies to go on and be what she's going to be and to help a lot of people. Todd approached us to see if we could build a canine barn on our campus. The more we talked with him, the more excited we got about that possibility. Our residents could come and be a part of what he's doing. They could be a part of socializing the puppies. They could create certain jobs and internships for the residents there. As we continued to make plans towards it, we were just thrilled when OUR decided that they would fund the canine barn for us. If we hadn't had OUR support, I don't think we would have, there would have been any way for us to have built the barn anytime soon. The canine program is something that I want to be all in for through OUR providing this opportunity for me. It's been a true blessing, and I'm really, really grateful. We're just grateful to partner in. It gives them a sense of belonging and connecting, and it really helps them to realize that there is someone there that cares for them unconditionally every single day. Once you see this, you can't turn a blind eye to this. When we see someone who actually has overcome those wounds, and they're now walking as an overcomer, that gives us the faith to know healing does happen. was much better. <laughs> really excited to be here today to share with you a little bit about the Hope Center. And um, we just were able to dedicate the Canine Barn last Friday, which was absolutely wonderful. OUR is Operation Underground Railroad. They're out of Utah. They rescue about 150 women and children every single month. And so we are teaming up with them to be part of their residential care program here in uh, Indiana. And then, of course, Todd Jordan and his dogs that actually go out. And so FBI, law enforcement, use, it, use these dogs when they do raids, when they are uh, looking to uh, break up uh, child porn and child exploitation uh, groups. And so last year, uh, these dogs, and I think he's got about 75 trained now, the first dog will be going international here uh, that's graduating this coming Friday. So that's kind of neat that it, we're going to have one internationally. Uh, last year, they made 3,100 arrests in America alone, and I don't even know how many children were actually saved through those arrests as well. So it's pretty amazing. It's kind of wonderful to see how God has dovetailed those ministries together with us to be part of the Hope Center. So. Well, uh, oh, one other thing, the, the little puppy in the video that you guys thought was so cute, which she really was, but she just graduated about three months ago, and today she's serving the state of Florida from Miami, Miami up the coast, and so we're so grateful that we were able to hand her off, and so we actually have another puppy at the Hope Center now that the girls are actually raising. We call her Eve, and she's going to be the mother of all living dogs for us. And so we're going to try to breed about 25. Uh, we're going to try to raise about 50 dogs a year. He needs about 25 himself on his side of the uh, canine barn. And then our ladies will be able to work with these puppies, socialize them. And then the other 25, we hope to create therapy dogs for uh, others and service dogs. So anyway, that's a, a lot to get started. 
But what I'd like to do today to share with you a little bit about the Hope Center is to just share with you about a message called Answered Prayer and then illustrate answered prayer through stories of the Hope Center. If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn with me to Psalm 116, verse 1 and 2, and uh, we'll read that and just jump right in. Psalm 116, verse 1 and 2, and if you would, please stand for the, the reading of God's Word. <clears throat> I love the Lord, for he heard my cry, he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death, they entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord, and the Lord saved me. The Lord is gracious and righteous, and our God is full of compassion the Lord protects like the simple-hearted when I was in great need he saved me Lord just add your blessing to your word today as we talk about answered prayer and you interacting into our hearts and lives and so we just want to give you this time Holy Spirit be our teacher be our instructor and we ask it in your precious name amen you may be seated when it comes to Psalm 116 no one knows for sure exactly who the author was. Many people believe it was King David, and it kind of sounds like King David. But what we do know for sure about this psalm is that he was going through some very difficult times, great anguish, great difficulty, trouble in his own heart and life. Matter of fact, to the point of death. And he said, literally, God rescued me from this dire situation that I was in. And so he says then in verse 1, I love the Lord, for he heard my voice, he heard my cry for help. When I think about what the psalmist is saying, he's saying, I love the Lord when he answers my prayer. And when I think about that, I realize that this isn't the only time that he loves the Lord. It doesn't say that. It doesn't even say that this, this is the main reason why he loves the Lord. He's just saying, because the Lord has answered my prayer, my heart has enlarged to the point where I want to voice and to praise and give thanks to God for what he has done for me. We believe that God is a personal God who hears and answers prayer. And so the psalmist is saying, I love the Lord because of what he has done. He has heard my cry. And because of that, he says, I will call upon the name of the Lord as long as I live. When I think uh, over the last 46 years of pastoral ministry, I realize there's many times that I've taught small groups and classes on prayer and when I teach those classes I will ask the the group I will say well how many different ways can God answer prayer and normally the group right away comes up with three obvious ways they say well the first way that God answers prayer is God says yes it's kind of what Jesus said in John 15, 7. If you abide in me, my word abides in you. You can ask whatever you want, and I will do it for you. In other words, if you ask according to God's word, ask according to his will, God then will answer your prayer. So God says, yes, right request, I'm going to do it for you. The second way in which God answers prayer is God says, no comes from James chapter 4 verse 3 where he says you ask with wrong motives you ask to spend it on your own pleasures and so God says there's way too much of you 
in that request, and therefore I can't answer it. So the answer is no. And then the third way in which God answers prayer is wait. In other words, God says, right request. It's just that it's not the right time, and I'm going to have to be working in the hearts and lives of people. I'm going to bring these circumstances together. I'm going to change this heart. I'm going to do all these different things. And to do that, it's going to take me some time. So God says, you need to be patient and wait upon me. And so I say to the class, I said, okay, those are the obvious ways in which God answers prayer. Are there any other ways in which God can answer prayer? And so they pause, they think a little while, and they finally look up and they say, no, I think that's pretty well fits the categories. God can say yes, God can say no, God says wait. And then I say to them, for about 25 years of my Christian life and pastoral ministries, I used to think the same thing. There is only three ways in which God can answer prayer. One is yes and no and wait. But then I began to realize there's two other ways in which God answers prayer. And so let me share those with you. The fourth way in which God answers prayer is this. God says, right request. I really like your request, but I tell you what, I have a better idea, something bigger, something greater, something grander, and I'm going to do that for you. And so it's kind of like Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, where God says this, my thoughts, they're not your thoughts. My ways, they're not your ways. Matter of fact, as high as the heaven is from the earth, that's the gap between your ways and my ways. Therefore, I'm going to do my thing for you, which is much greater, much grander than anything that you could have ever imagined or thought possible or even prayed possible. And so God says, I have a better idea. Then the last way in which God answers prayer is kind of one of those ways that most of us would have never realized or even thought that he would actually do. But God, when we pray, he whispers to us, you do it. In other words, God says, wait a minute, I saved you, I filled you with my spirit, I gave you these gifts, you have these talents and these resources, therefore, why don't you do it? Because that's what I want you to do. I want you to be part of my kingdom. It is time for you to step up, step out. It's time for you to get in the game, get off the sideline, and get involved in what I'm asking you to do when it comes to my kingdom. Now, I don't know about you, but I love it when God answers prayer. But I also love it when God uses me to be an answer to someone else's prayer. In other words, that you and I, we have the ability, the resources, the talents, the gifts, whatever it might be, and we know about some requests that someone has prayed, and God says, you do that because you can. You're part of the body of Christ. I'm going to use you to minister to that group of people. When we took over the campus in 2016, you're talking about a better idea. That was exactly what God had in mind. As you saw there in the picture, we took over a 25-acre campus, 210,000 square feet. That would be like 100 2,000-square-foot homes, if it gives you a little bit of an idea about just the maintenance of that place. And so when we took over this campus, we began to realize all the things that needed to be done. So we took over in November of 2016. We began to work on policies, procedures, getting everything for residents to arrive. Our first resident came in August of 2017. There was a lot of work to be done. 
And so as we are putting all those different things together, as we began to work, and as we prepared for the residents to come, one of the first needs they had was clothing. And so I had a couple ladies come to me one day, and they said, hey, Pastor, let us create a boutique for you. It could be an ongoing fundraiser for you every day. Now, the funny thing was I'd never been to a boutique, never heard of a boutique, couldn't even pronounce the word boutique, right? And they said, no, Pastor, really, it could be a good thing. And so they decided they were going to use a couple rooms in the entryway of our building to create a boutique. And so they began to paint it and clean it and get it ready and try to figure out what they were going to be able to put in that in the boutique and so finally they were doing all of this out of their own pocket in other words they looked at the campus they said the pastor doesn't need one more financial concern so we're going to do all this on our own but one day on a Thursday Sarah came into my office and she showed me some laminate flooring and she said hey pastor this is the flooring we picked out for the boutique it's $2,000, so what shall we do about that? So what she was saying was, we don't have that in our pocket to take it out of, so is there any way that you can help us with this flooring? So I said to her, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to pray and say, hey, God, you got till Monday to provide some flooring because if you don't, we got to go buy it. And she said, I'm good with that. Let's just see if God does something. Because that's kind of what Americans do, right? We pray about it, then we go get it because we actually can most of the time. And so we prayed about, God, you got till Monday to provide some flooring because if you don't, we got to go get it. So every Saturday at 1030, I give tours at the Hope Center. So I was giving this tour, and I said on the tour, over here is going to be our boutique. And I said, as soon as we get the flooring down, we'll be ready to go. There was a gentleman in the tour who spoke right up, and he said, I will buy that floor and install it if you let me. My response was, let me make sure I heard you correctly. <laughs> Did you say that you would buy the floor and install it if I let you? And he said, that's exactly what I said. And I said, I will let you. <laughs> and so on Monday, he came carrying the floor in and installed it for the ladies. And after that, we created a motto. Let's wait till Monday and see what God will do. Because we have a lot of those incredible God stories. But one of the things I want to say about that is this. I don't think that young man came into that, that tour that day thinking, I'm going to be an answer to prayer today. I think I'm going to use my gifts and resources to be an answer to prayer for this group of people. But that's exactly what he was. He was our Monday miracle. He was the person that God had laid on his heart. And it was God saying, you do it. Because I've given you the ability to do this, you can do this for them. One of the things that my son David would always say when he was casting the vision for the Hope Center, he would talk about our big campus, all the work that needed to be done, all the skills that we needed to actually do all that work. And he would say, and we needed a carpenter, and God knew a guy. And we needed an electrician, and God knew that guy. And we needed a plumber, and God knew him. And we needed a painter, and God knew him. And we needed a carpet guy, and God knew that guy. And he just went through this long list, and God kept knowing all those guys. It was absolutely amazing as we look back on how God was saying, you do it because you have resources, you have gift sets, you have the talent to do it. You help these people. Well, over the last several years, we've had about 400,000 volunteer hours served at the Hope Center. Now, 
What that kind of translates out to is this. If I would have paid $10 an hour for every hour served at the Hope Center by volunteers who dedicated their time and their resources to help us do what we're doing, it would have been about $4 million worth. And so the body of Christ showed up like a mighty army, came in there, and began to turn that place upside down and inside out to make it look the way it does today. The army of Christ has been absolutely amazing. When it comes to the Hope Center, we have about 25 different ministries that function in and out of the Hope Center every single day. Of course, Take Heart Residential, which is our residential program that helps the ladies coming out of human trafficking, is just one ministry. We also have Grace House, which is Teen Challenge, and so most of you have probably heard of David Wilkerson and Teen Challenge. We have the adult level for them. They work with ladies that are dealing with drug addiction, alcoholism, and life-threatening issues as well. We have Hope Community, which is a, which is a uh, residential program that we have put together, which is a two-year transitional program that helps them to go back out into society. So they can go through Take Heart, Grace House, and then into Hope Community. They could literally be on our campus for three and a half years if they need to. And so we're doing everything we can to help them to get back on their feet, go out and be successful in society. One of our partners is Light and Darkness with Dr. Uh, Dr. Carolyn Knight. And um, Dr. Knight was driving by a billboard one day when it was advertising a strip club. And so she looked up at this, this uh, uh, billboard and there was this young girl who was dressed on the fringe. And uh, she said when she looked at her eyes, her eyes looked empty and sad. And so she just prayed. She said, Lord, I, I just ask that you would send someone to help those women in the life. And uh, so she said, to her surprise, the Lord said, I found someone. And she thought, oh, good. And then he says, it's you. You do it. And she said, when the Lord spoke to her, it was so clear, so powerful. She said, literally her stomach kind of dropped because she thought, oh, my I don't know if I could actually do something like this. But she said the call of God was so clear and that his call and his voice was so clear. She said yes, and she's never looked back. And today she has 30 women's groups in about six or seven different states. These women go to strip clubs, massage parlors, and they do street ministry to rescue girls off the street. And so we literally have gotten ladies through uh, light and darkness, and we are so grateful to partner with them. When you see how God is dovetailing these different ministries together, it's pretty amazing. When I tell you that God had a bigger, better idea for the Hope Center than we did, he really did. As you think about OUR, canine detection, light and darkness, all these different ministries coming together to help in this different area. One of the things that I often say is it's dangerous to pray. In other words, when you're praying, it's a dangerous thing because God may say, you do it. That's why I've had you praying about that. Did you know, I've read many times when people say, well, God's asking me to pray for revival. Did you know God wants you to be revived? And maybe he wants to work in you. And so often we say this about revival. Draw a circle on the ground, step in the circle and say, God, start revival inside the circle. Start revival in me. So when God's prompting you to pray something, maybe he's wanting to do that in you so he could do it through you. And so it's dangerous to pray because God is wanting to use you. Now, when I often say, uh, you do it, I don't want you to 
be confused about that because I want to make it clear when God says you do it he doesn't ever send you out alone in other words God always wants to work in you and through you through the power of his Holy Spirit to do exactly what he's called and asked of you to do it's just like your life now in other words God doesn't ask you to go out and work your career or your job and your own strength he wants to be part of that he wants to work in you and through you he doesn't ask you to be a parent on your own he wants to step in your home and be the center of your marriage your family and your home in other words Christ is always wanting to step in when he asks you to do it Paul says this he says we get to be co-laborers with Christ we get a tag team with God we get a be on his team and do what he is asking us to do. So God never says, you do it, winds you up, sends you out in your own strength, in your own power, in your own wisdom to do it. He never does that. Matter of fact, he fills you with his spirit. He gives you the power and the strength and the wisdom to do what he is asking you to do. And so God says, hey, you do it. Well, when I think about all the things that God's asked us to do at the Hope Center, when it comes to these ladies, it is our life that we are trying our best to love the unlovable, to heal the brokenhearted, to help these ladies. So we sang about hope today. I thought, oh man, all these different songs about hope. We are trying to impart hope and healing to every heart. When we put our 10-year projection together, we want to impact 10 million lives, imparting hope and healing to every heart. When people come on tours to the Hope Center, believe me, we are not there just for the residents. We are there for anyone and everyone who comes through on tours. I can't tell you how many times I've done a tour. And when I've done a tour, I've had ladies standing back, weeping, crying, someone coming up, putting their arm around them. Because when I spoke to them, I touched a sensitive hurt in their life. There is something that's happened in their life that they have never, ever gone through or came over. And so many times I've gone to churches and spoke like this. When I talked about the Hope Center, I've had people come up and stand before me and they would say to me, Pastor, I had something happen in my life years ago and I've never, ever got over it. I had a 70-year-old lady come up, tears streaming down her face, and she said, Pastor, I've never got over the hurt and the pain of what's happened to me. The Hope Center is for all of us. Matter of fact, we often said that at the Hope Center. And then about three years ago this month, when our son David died from open heart surgery, the Nolan family realized that the Hope Center was for us. They rallied around us to support us, to encourage us, to help us to get through that tragedy and that event in our life. And so in the same way, we are there to impart hope and help to any and every heart, anyone who comes through, whether they're coming to our giving engines that we call our businesses. We have all these different businesses on our campus, boutique, coffee shop, beauty salon, greenhouse, wedding venues, they're all there. Matter of fact, we're getting ready to open up another boutique here in Irvington in the old candy, uh, candle shop, so uh, right down by Giacomo's there. Hopefully it'll be open this weekend, and so if you want to visit, it would be a great thing we say this shopping is serving at the hope center so you can serve there i had one uh husband tell me one time he said i told my wife spend whatever you want it goes for a great cause i said can i quote you 
But anyway, it's a wonderful thing to see how God is bringing that together. The businesses are for life skill. We hire all the ladies to help us to do what we're doing. We are able to pay them. The Hope Center enables them to come free. We don't, they don't have to pay us anything to be there. And so we are just doing everything we can to impact their life, give them an opportunity to start anew. One of the things that Moses did in Exodus chapter 4, uh, verse 1 and 2, when God gave him the call to go to, to um, Egypt and lead his people to the promised land, uh, Moses said, what if, what if they won't listen to me? What if they won't believe me? What if they won't do what I'm asking them to do? And God says, hey, what do you got in your hand there? And Moses said, a staff. He said, throw it down. He throws it to the ground. It becomes a snake. Moses runs. No kidding. I would too. And uh, then God says, pick it, by the, pick it up by the tail. So he does, and it goes back to be a staff. It became the staff of God, the staff of miracles that God was able to use to help Moses do what he was doing. So when we took over this incredible campus, we had to look around and see our assets. We looked at what we had, and we said, okay, what are we going to do to make this place and to be, help it to be sustainable and to be able to go into the future and do greater ministries for God? And so we looked at our assets and we said okay this is who we are this is what we can do and we began to create sustainability through businesses and all the different things we're doing well I don't know how God's going to answer your prayer today or this week or this year maybe God's going to say yes maybe God's going to say no maybe God's going to say wait maybe God's going to say I've got a better idea than what you're even praying or thinking or maybe God's going to say you do it because I've given you the gifts, the talent, the resources to do it, and I've called you to do it. It's time for you to get up, get out, set out, and get moving for the kingdom of God. And just remember this. Jesus never asked you to go alone. He never asked you to do it by yourself. He's always going to give you the power and the strength to do just that. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you again for today, and I just want to pray that as we move forward into the future and as we continue to see your mighty hand of prayer working in all of our lives, in the ministry of this church and the ministry of these families and the Hope Center, God, we just would pray that you would help us all to be willing to say, God, here I am, use me. I want to be an answer to prayer. I want to be a blessing. I live to be a blessing to bless others. And I pray that each one of us would find the joy and the reward and the blessing of that moment. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Oh, yeah. So just remember, every Saturday, 1030, we do tours. So it's the old Marion County home. So if you've ever been out to the east side of Indianapolis, we're right on the uh, uh, county line of Hancock and Marion County and uh, so we have the website hopecenterindy.org you can go there you know, or follow us on social media there's so many ways that you can get connected but we'd love to f have you come out and uh, tour and see who we are and what we're doing and um, it takes about an hour and a half to do a tour so it's not a, not a little tour so we hope that you'll come out and really enjoy it so uh, come out and spend the morning with us and and We'll share a lot more with you. So we're actually putting a book together called Hope for a Lifetime, and uh, hopefully it'll be out this summer uh, telling the stories about the Hope Center and all the things that we've kind of gone through as a family, even the passing of David and just the despair that we felt in our life and how we were able to kind of get our feet back on the ground and stay the course and do what we feel that God's called us to do. So, all right, thank you.